it's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking District 1 and 2 Athletics, week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey, and joining us from North Idaho, Ryan Skaggs. What's going on, Skaggs? What's up? I don't have my... Um... My signature cup of coffee that I'm drinking this morning. So. <laughs> oh man, you know I've got mine, but I was a rookie and didn't uh, fill it up before the show, so it's empty. But it's the yeah, Mr. I drink all mine. Oh, oh, there you go, <laughs> the Mister Mug, and you know some. I I don't pay attention. Some days I'll pull out the misses, and you know whatever. It's <laughs> nobody's <laughs> gonna judge you, <laughs> right? <laughs> no judgments. Um, okay. Real quick, weather-wise, what's going on up there? We've actually been able to get a lot of competitions in in North Idaho. Finally. We have this we have this bright thing in the sky out today called the sun. Um, it's something that we haven't really seen for like the last few days, so that's been really nice. Um, no, I mean, I said it jokingly, but yesterday afternoon was pretty decent, but today the weather's been awesome this morning, so hopefully it sticks around we get more stuff in. But um, yeah, I mean, we hadn't have, we've been two days without snow, so... Um, that we're good <laughs> on the flip side of this. Now, if you're watching the video version of this podcast on the Idaho sports.com YouTube channel, first of all, you should, you should like it and subscribe, uh, you know, hit the little bell icon, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That that'll let you know every time a new episode is, is published and ready to go. Um, you can also listen to this audio only at Idaho sports.com and wherever you download your podcasts. Um, if you're watching the video though, it's going to be show and tell time. I'm going to share a picture uh, so you said two days without snow up north where I live still in East Idaho and specifically Pocatello and southward. It has been snowing for like the last two days, nonstop. We probably, I'm not joking. We probably had about 18 inches of snow. Like by the time it was all finished yesterday, here's me shoveling yesterday. I was, I was outside like all day yesterday. Take, take a look at this picture. Holy cow. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> That's April. That's uh yeah no we haven't had that I mean it was snowing on Fourth of July pass if you had to drive to like from Coeur d'Alene to the Silver Valley yesterday it was the freeway was closed with accidents and stuff but um yeah we have we don't have that that thank God <laughs> yeah that was that was like three years ago for us but uh, we avoided that this year so we had our last snow that I had to move off the ground I think like the actual accumulation was like two weeks ago um but yeah no we're good now. So my yard, yeah. my yard is now bare and I finally got my fall leaves off of the yard. So, <laughs> well, as you can see from the picture, this is the backyard at Casa de Baini. Um, yeah, it might be a while before all that snow melts. Holy smokes, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that black thing in the middle there that all the snow is piled up on. That's, that's our, um, we have a little, uh, outdoor fire pit. Um, yeah. I was gonna I say, it looks like a fire pit. <laughs> I, I thought, I, th I thought it was safe to break it out, but evidently not we'll so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways it's buried under about 18 inches of snow and so yeah that's what's going on uh here in east idaho um but as we mentioned in north idaho a lot of action taking place finally and this week in particular we've already had some really exciting contests let's start in baseball where uh they're they're non-conference opponents but they're but they're big rivals is is Lakeland and Timberlake is that is that the biggest rivalry for each of those schools? They're in the same school district, Ryan. Um, you know, I would still would say Lakeland at Sandpoint's a bigger rivalry. Um, but I mean, it's big. It's you know, they're obviously two class their classification. I think 
Lakeland is a bigger rival for Timberlake than Timberlake is for Lakeland. I'll put it that way. Um, but geographically, I mean, gosh, they're they're 11 miles apart. They're in the same school district. Um, so it's still a pretty big deal because there's bragging rights there. I mean, some of those kids did go to the same elementary school if they went to like Twin Lakes Elementary or Garwood, depending on which side of, um, you know, respective roads they lived on depends on where they go to high school. So um, there's there's some of those kids out there. But um, yeah, no, it was a that was a crazy game. I mean, like we can break into the, the ins and outs of that game. But I mean, it was a back and forth. Well, it was kind of a stalemate for a long time. And then Timberlake was able to blow the kind of blow things open on a on an air. Yes. So uh, Monday night in Rathrum, Lakeland is hosting Timberlake in a non-conference battle. Seven inning affair. Well, it went extra innings. It went to the eighth inning and Timberlake wins by the final of five to two. And just on the surface, you'll look at that and go, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it looks like a good win for the Tigers. Easy win. But uh, the context, this was actually a very close game that swung on, as you said, uh, an error in that fateful top of the eighth inning for Lakeland. Yeah. And I mean, a really good pitchers game too. I mean, I think it was nodded to all going into the extra frames um, before Timberlake was able to, to score the decisive runs and it happened on a, co- a collision. There was a short pop-up in front of the dugout on the first baseline. Um, and the, I believe it was the pitcher and catcher collided. Um, one of them made the catch obviously, but the runner, the Timberlake runner at third base, he was able actually to reach third on a sacrifice and then a single. Um, he got to third base and then he tagged up on the, the pop fly and was able to run home and nobody covered home plate. Cause three players, uh, we're all rushing for the pop fly uh, between the first baseman pitcher and catcher. So, um, you know, just a little bit of an error there and obviously the collision with the players. And then uh, Timberlake was able to add a couple insurance runs to to come away with the win. Yeah. So a wild win there. And uh, now these two teams will go their, their separate ways. Um, but we, we like Timberlake you, and you, you have been higher on Timberlake than I have in, in baseball this year. I'm still kind of like, well, Bonner's Ferry won it last year. Oh, Bonner's They're still good too. Yeah. Right. But uh, you know, I, I think Timberlake really has closed that gap and um, it's going to be fascinating to see those two uh, slug it out for that one spot to state. Yeah. And you know, you look at, we talked about pitching at the high school level, you get a couple solid, if you can get a one, two, um, that helps you in back-to-back games and double headers that can, you know, sneak those game extra frames away. But, um, you know, for Timberlake, it's been playing small ball. You know, that's where they've been getting their wins. They've been able to play small ball really well, um, you know, getting good base running and, and you know, low, low errors on the or at least in the fielding aspect of it. But I mean, smart base running has been just their their mo so far this year and it's really helped them out so it'll be an exciting run i think towards the end of the season in that 3a race up north yeah and we should mention uh for lakeland the two players who collided and um took each other out on that error um both are kind of dealing with injuries from that uh you had Mm -hmm. blaze day and uh you also had uh rowan riley um, and they both collided. And, and so we hope they're, they're both okay. And they're able to come back. Uh, it sounded, it sounded like, you know, the quarter lane press talked to, to Lakeland head coach, Jason Bradbury and, um, you know, concussion symptoms possibly for yeah. both guys, which is scary. So, yeah, I guess it was a pretty, pretty scary incident. So, you know, we're thinking both those kids and hoping they come back healthy and able to make that stretch down, you know, after we're out of spring break up here now. So 
they're kind of on that stretch around the merit system marathon going into into the state weekend. So um, districts and state, I should say. So there's a there's a lot at stake for that Lakeland team and what kind of tends to be a bit short roster too. You know, they're going to need those kids back, but they need them back healthy. So we just uh, hope they return soon and they're able to, you know, come back at full strength. Certainly. And then, you know, you look at the overall standings for that 4A Inland Empire Conference and or in, Inland Empire League and boy, Moscow's three and six, Sandpoint's mm-hmm. two and five, Lakeland's still looking for that first win at oh and five. And you go, boy, this league is stinks. <laughs> Nobody's any good. But you got to remember that they're playing all the five A schools and, you know, for Moscow and Sandpoint, they went down to that spring break tournament and, and Boise and played a lot of bigger schools. And so mm-hmm. Uh, you can't look at just the records. Um, no, and I was I'm, I'm scrolling through right now, kind of looking at the schedule too. And they entered that part of the schedule where, you know, when they play the five A teams, it's counting against them. So, um, you know, there's I don't want to say that 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 record's inflated, but as far as on the loss column, but yeah, it's not an easy schedule to be a four A team in North Idaho. Let's just put it that way. There's not a lot of three A schools to go play in your non conference schedule. Um, so you're trying to fill it with those 5A teams, and that gets to be uh, a bit of a struggle. Let's put they're battle tested as they come down the stretch, but it's it, it's a it's a struggle for sure. Yeah. So again, we've talked about we like Sandpoint kind of as the lead there, but you know, can can Moscow challenge? I mean, it's a young Moscow is kind of going through a really young movement in in their boys' athletic programs, right? Their football team was very young basketball was a mix um but you know moscow's young but can they yeah. challenge i think they can absolutely i mean i've got a relative on that moscow team uh wyatt hardig um who's actually a very key player on that team and he, you know he plays the corner at third base or he'll play catcher he'll play in the outfield to leave him pitch um but there's other kids on that team like isaacson is another kid to keep your eye on that he, you know they've got some pitching they're young um and i think with youth you get performances you didn't expect as far as the high ceiling but also you get the parts where you're lacking the experience part of things too at times and they can get their cage rattled a little bit I think if they get their feet under him and and as the season goes and if they can keep from that kind of demoralized you know approach of if they're taking a couple lumps from Lewiston or or Coeur d'Alene and and find the wins and, and avoid those slumps I think Moscow can definitely challenge for the IEL title absolutely and, and, you know, Lakeland as well, you know, uh, at 0-5, um, still looking for that first one of the year. But they also, you know, you get to that three-team district and really anything, anything could happen. That's for sure. So we'll keep an eye on that three-team race as it goes. Uh, let's let's dip down to 2A, the Central Idaho League in baseball, where last night you had a big conference game. Kellogg was at St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's started hot. And remember, St. Mary's got to state last year at the 2A, you know, they were sub 500 all year, kind of got hot right at districts and Orofino and St. Mary's both advanced to state. St. Mary's won a play-in game last year. I believe it was over New Plymouth. That Don't quote me on that. But anyway, St. Mary's won the play-in game. They get to state. So they're the team coming in with a little pedigree. Kellogg will remember last year was in the 3A ranks and they uh, missed out on their opportunity to go to to go to state Bonners Ferry took that district. And so coming in, you know, St. Mary's is the team that's got a little more state experience and they jump out to a seven, nothing lead skags. And you're like, all right, lumberjacks are here to play, but Kellogg outscores St. Mary's 12 to one the rest of the way to pick up a 12 to eight win, huge win for the Wildcats on the road. 
Yeah, Kellogg. I mean, they got the they got the bats going, and that was just something that you know we kind of knew that. I think going into the season, we knew that St. Mary or sorry Kellogg was going to be able to hit the ball. I think the question mark kind of was hinged upon on the mound. Um, St. Mary's was able to feast early in that game, but as things settled down in the pitching, you know the bats showed up for the Wildcats and and you know really overpowered um, St. Mary's. It'll be interesting to see. I think they play a twin bill on Saturday. Um, and so they're going to play again in a double header just, you know, within, you know, four days of each other. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in that double header game. But that CIL is going to be a tough, that's a tough league this year. I mean, I really look at it. The addition of Kellogg to that conference uh, really changes things a little bit. And you got, we obviously know what Orfino can do. Um, but Kellogg's going to pose a threat. I really see that just because of the offensive explosion that you can see out of that lineup. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fast. And we still like Orofino too, right, as kind of the mm-hmm. overall favorite there? Yeah. I think the Wildcats wouldn't surprise me one bit if they make if they get to state and they can make some noise. I think that, you know, but I do like I do like the Maniacs a lot. I like that roster that came back from last year's team. Um, but Kellogg can certainly make things interesting. They've got some great athletes in that lineup. Yep. So uh, three really good teams fighting for uh, basically two spots to state. I haven't looked too closely at the state baseball seedings, but I assume it's going to follow every other sport that we've had this year. Um, and by the way, interesting talk about, you know, Max Preps seeding and stuff. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, April 5th, the IHSAA is having their April meeting and uh, a lot of interesting discussions there. And we might have some stuff to talk about next week with that but you know it's something that we skipped over sorry at the 5a um going back to that real quick you know something that we skipped over was lake city shutting out or like blanking lewiston on a sweep like that was something that we didn't really see i mean a really good Bengal team in lake city showing up and they you know win eight five eight three um at lewiston that was a couple weeks ago obviously but like this this t-wolf team could could challenge i mean they got a big win over mountain view they play moscow uh, this weekend in a doubleheader. So, I mean, keep your eye on on Lake City. That I know that they've got the first year coach, but he's been a long time member of that coaching staff. But now that Paul Manzardo stepped down, but um, Lake City could make some noise. I really look at that that T Wolf team is quietly, um, you know, threatening with defense and you know a little bit of offense there against the Bengals in that in that set. But um, it should be interesting to see. So sorry to kind of interrupt there and take us off oh, yeah. track, but it was something in five A that I think we missed. <laughs> Yes, uh, for sure. No, that was a good reminder. Uh, definitely. Okay, so let's let's talk softball and let's let's keep it at five A in the Inland Empire League, where you had Lake City and Post Falls meet up for a a double dip yesterday. Now we when we talk about this league, you know, we kind of think of Coeur d'Alene and maybe Lewiston, and and then Post Falls, and you know, Lake City is a team that's got work to do, but they earned a split with Post Falls yep. yesterday. I thought that was a really encouraging sign for this Lake City program that's continuing to build and evolve and it was kind of an interesting deal where the first game, you know, these are, you know, in the regular season it's even in state. It's seven inning games, right? It's not like the big leagues where it's nine. It's seven inning games. Well, the first game went n- the full nine innings because it went to extras and um, they needed extra innings to to sort things out. Um in the first game uh, it was post falls uh, that got the win seven to five, but because the first game took so long, Ryan, they ran out of daylight in the second game and it had to be called after five innings due to darkness and Lake city was leading four to one at the time. So Lake city gets the win in the second game. They played 14 innings. It was just kind of a non-traditional 14 innings. Yeah. No, and that was, you know, a great twin. I think both teams got some encouraging 
um, signs out of each individual game. I think, you know, Lake City looking at what they were able to get offensively was probably a really bright spot for that lineup that, you know, there's been um, some question marks coming into the season. How can they respond offensively? And then pitching was the one that I think really showed up uh, for both teams that they they were able to get, you know, really strong outings from, from their pitchers. Both teams did. Um, so, you know, I think going into things, um, there's a lot of bright spots to, to look at in those games, but you know, overall, like, how is it going to, I, you know, I look forward to the rest of the season. Cause I look at this IEL being, um, secretively more competitive, I think, than what we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. Um, I think we knew, we talked a lot about quarter lane. We talked about what Lewiston's bringing back, but you know, this thing could come down to the final two weeks of the regular season to decide how that seeding's going to shake out for the, the district tournament. So, It'll be interesting to see how things shake at 5A. I, I mean, I like the competitive balance um, in this conference this year for softball. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I still kind of give Coeur d'Alene the nod, I think, and and yeah. Lewiston right behind them. Um, but yeah, if, if you all of a sudden add Lake City into the mix and you've got a four-team juggernaut, you know, it's going to be really fun to watch these teams. Look, it, it, look at the overall records. You know, Lake City is what, four and Sorry, am I looking at soft? If I'm looking at softball correctly, Lake City is at four and two. Yes, that's um, correct. Moscow, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Moscow in a second, but Coeur d'Alene's two and one. They've had a lot of postponements. Lewiston right now is one and five. Like that one, they haven't played any conference games, obviously, but one and five to start the year isn't the start that we expected to see out of that Bengal team. Um, so post fall sitting right now on the top of the heap in the conference at two and four, but they're two and two in league. So, um, yeah, this, it's kind of anybody's – we haven't really seen Coeur d'Alene play much, so I think that's the question mark is where the Vikings come out firing um, and play some of those you know games that may have been postponed but make those up. Um, could be really interesting. Yeah, and uh, you talked about Moscow and Lewiston. You know, we're going to hook up yesterday. Um, let's talk about the Moscow – bears because they're yeah. very quietly assembling a pretty strong team yeah they are seven and one on the year so far um which i think is exceeding or surpassing expectations and not just what they were able to do but you know they their only loss in the year was nine to seven to post falls um a 5a team you know that many expected i mean that they got a win over timberlake who's a great 3a team uh win over boise a win over Meridian, a win over Columbia, thirteen to two. They blew out Pullman, twenty nine to zero. And in that game, Megan Highfield hit for the cycle for the Bears. Um, this Moscow team could be legit and for real. Um, it was something that in the season, like you look at the roster that was coming back, and you're like, oh, it's going to be super competitive in the IEL for a. You know, it could be just like last year. I don't know the Bears right now what they're showing. They could blow the doors off of everybody, and they could walk away with this conference. Um, if they keep playing at this pace, they offensively have just been a juggernaut. Um, but I mean, also on the defensive side, I mean, they've got what two shutouts. They've have four get four of their games have been two runs or less. Um, so Moscow has been playing really, really well. Yeah. And of course, uh, we'll see when that doubleheader with Lewiston gets rescheduled. The nice thing is, is they're close to each other, right? So there's, you know, they could play it literally yeah. whatever. It's not they are like playing Tuesday. Well, they should have played Tuesday, but that obviously got replaced. I would see that they could possibly be playing that very soon. Maybe, I don't know if it's not this weekend, but probably it'll fit in next week somewhere would be my yeah. guess based on the schedule. 
Yes. Um, all the snow that hit Southeast Idaho also kind of hit, hit up there in district two a little bit yesterday. Uh, I heard in, I heard in Grangeville, (laughs) they got dumped on up there. Um, so yeah, they obviously Moscow Lewiston gets postponed as, as did most of the district two action, uh, from yesterday. So that's kind of what's going on in the softball ranks. St. Mary's did, uh, beat Kellogg yesterday as well in CIL action. Tacey Watkins, only 14 strikeouts. That's... A pedestrian 14 strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, we're used to seeing her, you know, 17, 18, 19. Those Kellogg hitters making her work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had to earn the win with only 14 Ks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a crazy, I mean, what she's able to accomplish, you know, at St. Mary's, you know, we, we say regardless of classification, probably the most dominant pitcher in the state, um, at least in my, my regards, I look at her as, somebody that's extremely dominant on the mound and when she hits you know when she's on she's on like i mean it's she's on i don't want to say anybody's ever unhittable but she's as close to you as you can get in the high school ranks yeah and so uh we're we're debuting a new feature uh ryan every we just published them today because i was dealing with snowmageddon the last two days but moving forward every monday we will have our heavy hitters for baseball and softball the nine best individual hitting performances single game performances from the week that was so the nine best baseball hitters the nine best softball hitters um, and then Tuesday, we'll have what's called primetime pitchers. And this will be the five best pitching performances in baseball and softball. Nine hitters because there's nine hitters in a lineup. Five pitchers because in a major league baseball rotation, there's five pitchers. And if you want to uh, submit a nomination for an athlete to be one of our heavy hitters or primetime pitchers, you can send me an email at brandon at idahosports.com. But spoiler alert. I think Tacey Watkins is going to be on primetime pitchers a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, she's going to find her way on that list fairly often. <laughs> so, yeah, no, there's a, you know, that, and then that Timberlake team too, I think you're going to see quite a few players on that lineup that are going to find their way onto that list as well. Yeah, for sure. Not not a ton of North Idaho uh, athletes uh, on this inaugural list, only because um, there, there wasn't that many games last week uh, yeah. because of weather and spring break, right? Um, but yeah. One that did make it, uh, Megan Highfill from Moscow. She hit for, for the cycle in the Bears' yeah. uh, demolition of Pullman. <laughs> absolutely destroyed the Greyhounds last week. Yep. No, that was uh, that was an absolute drubbing by Moscow. And I, like I said, I just look at that team right now and what they're doing. That is uh, something special is brewing down there in Moscow right now with that Bears softball team. Yeah, pretty exciting to watch. So Monday, heavy hitters. Tuesday, primetime pitchers. And our debut lists are all... On the homepage at idahosports.com, you can check those out now. Let's talk golf. We finally got some golf action in. Uh, we had to go all the way north to, to Bonner's Ferry to uh, get yeah, the golf mecca of North Idaho, you know, and we to Bonner's Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the weather was nicest. And so Timberlake and Kellogg and Bonner's Ferry got together for a little try match yesterday. Um, on the boys side, you had the Kellogg boys win the team title pretty convincingly. And Stephen Paul of Kellogg was the individual medalist. Uh, and I think he shot par, right? Right. Yeah. He shot a 72 to win that one. That was pretty impressive for an early season, uh, event to come out firing at a 72. And 
you know, the conditions on the greens and, you know, that's, it's still kind of winter golf up here a little bit. The grass hasn't necessarily turned as lush as you would like um, due to weather. I mean, the sun, the next couple of weeks should help with that. Um, I think with the amount of moisture that we had this winter, the conditions are going to be phenomenal as we go down the stretch this spring. I think golf courses are going to be awesome. Um, conditions will change for sure, but yeah, to 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 shoot par in, a, in an early season event, that's that's pretty impressive. That's a darn good showing, and I think that you know the Kellogg Wildcat team will, will take that all day long and and you know run with that one. Yeah, and then on the girls' side, uh, Bonner's Ferry won the team title there pretty convincingly. Braylon Bayer was your individual medalist. You know, I think I I said Asia Abubakari was uh, a great golfer for Bonner's Ferry, and I I got the, the 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 double A name mixed up with the double B name. Braylon Bayer is who I was trying to think about last yeah. week when we were talking about golf, um, because she has uh, she went to state as a freshman and uh, did really well, and then um, last year took second place overall and so now in her junior season we're really excited to see what braylon bayer can do bonners ferry won the the 3a golf championship two years ago took second last year uh only by two strokes to kimberly and so yeah. to me bonners ferry loaded for bear again in 3a girls golf loaded for bear <laughs> So, ah, pun, in, ah, pun intended. And there's our title. <laughs> well, can't take the dad jokes out of the dad. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Bonner's Fairy Girls Golf is going to be very fun to watch mm -hmm. all season long. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I look at them, and I think that they're the early favorite to win the three A title, um, just based on that lineup and. You know, as I said, as course conditions improve, I mean, we're going to see scores dropping too. We're going to see, um, I could relatively see realistic that, you know, they're going to be able to cut 10 strokes, um, you know, respectively. Yep. So let's uh, finish up with track and field. You know, we talked about the Sweeney invite, uh, kind of the big season opening meet over in Lewiston. This was a couple of weeks ago and we, for we forgot a guy, Ryan, yeah. in our rundown of all the great accomplishments that happened. Yeah, and the number one 400 time in the state, Trevor Cogley from Lake City, um, ran a 49-4 at the Sweeney. Um, you know, that's that's not even his PR yet. Like, that's not approaching PR territory for him. That's a great showing early in the season. Uh, he's the commit to Boise State, so he's going to be running track in the Mountain West Conference next year. Um, but, yeah, just a great showing for him. There's something that, like, I was kind of looking through, too. He has the number two time in the state in the 200 as well at 22-3. Um, that was also at the Sweeney invite, uh, Dylan Wolf quietly out there, 22, six for post falls, um, the junior for the Trojans, that post falls team, you know, they've got some speed in that I'm going to see as the weather warms up, I'm looking at that Trojan team. We're going to see the relays, especially start showing up and cutting times. Um, but there's, there's some pretty good efforts out there going around in track right now. Um, at least on the boys' side, Rusty Lee was a weird one. We know the, how great he is in the 300. He's got the number three time in the state in the 300 hurdles, which last year I believe he led the state most of the season in the 300 hurdles with the best time. He's got the number one time in the 110 this year. So something maybe he was working on in the in the off season, I don't know, but um, he's got the number one time in the state right now in the 110 high hurdles, and that's you know great showing for for him for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, and you kind of look around a little bit. All the speed, obviously, in the 100 is pretty much down south right now. Uh, there's some crazy times. I mean, Gatlin Bear going to the Texas Relays. And, 
you're running a 10 one eight. I mean, like, are you flipping kidding me? That is, that's pre-Olympic speed. Um, that's insane. And so, you know, and, and guess what? He's only a junior. <laughs> I mean, come on. So there's a reason he's a five-star wide receiver recruit, you know, for, for Burley, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's some good times out there. I mean, Lakeland's got the number two four by one time in the state at 43-4. Um, so they're leading 4A. Um, Post Falls has got the number one four by two relay. So, you know, and then you look at the the throws. I mean, Discus James White from Lewiston leads the state in the disc right now at 166-1. Um, and he's also second in the shot put at 53-2. So the bank on, on the boys track side, there's there's some good promise there for for district one and district two teams uh to get some medals at state. Yeah, uh Gatlin Baird, he's the guy that like runs so fast that there's nobody else in the in the picture (laughs) when the camera can't zoom out far enough to get (laughs) the the second place runner uh it's been pretty funny to watch um so yeah uh another one to talk about too on the girl side Kristen wemhoff with the number three 400 time in the state for prairie at a 59.4 um and caden specs right behind her at 59.5 so pretty impressive there for two small school kids to be you know in the mix in the top three in the state yeah, and Caden Speck, I think, is also pretty good in the hurdles uh, mm-hmm. as well. So she'll be uh, an athlete to watch at Highland over there in Craigmont this year. It'll be yep. a lot of fun to watch all of our local track and field athletes. And another new feature, we're going to debut it tomorrow, and it's going to be every Thursday, Ryan. It's basically our bracketology, which was hugely popular you know we did basically projecting the state tournament fields for basketball this past year and for football and i wanted to do it for the spring as well and i thought well track would be a good one to do basically i'm going to go through and look at the leaderboards every week and um, compile the points and go okay based on the times distances we've seen so far here's how it would be scored at the state meet and then I'll also list the top individual in each event. Yeah. I'll do it for every classification, 5A through 1A, boys and girls. It's uh, it's our – I was trying to come up with a name for it. We had a meeting earlier this week. Me, me and uh, Paul Kingsbury and Logan Green were the – the brain trust here. At the brain trust. <laughs> and I, Amy Green you know, and Kingsbury at hell, the attorney, the law firm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I said, you know, it's like our bracketology, but for track, I was like, what about trackatology? Right. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, and But then, you know, Paul came through and said, uh, you know, we got to include the field events too, though. Right. It's not just oh, yeah. the track. It's the field. So I was like, all right. Uh, so like on the spot, the, the only good idea I've ever had in my life, I came up with tracking the field. There you go. Uh, yeah. That okay. way you get both. Yeah. And another field event that I forgot was, um, you know, on the boys side too. Trenton McLean, sophomore for Post Falls has been tied for the number one jump in the state at six foot four in the high jump. So, um, yeah, no, there's some good track. There's some good field. There's all the above going on up here. So I like I like the focus every week and getting um, some more notoriety for these athletes because there's some there's some great stuff going on up north. And I'll tell you, I kind of just did it loosely uh, as a trial run last week. You know, how long is it going to take me to compile all the points and stuff? And uh, Post Falls, I think, is going to do very well on the boys' side, just Mm -hmm. based on the numbers I crunched, and we'll see how that changes tomorrow. But, yeah, I think Post Falls is going to be in the mix. uh, For I talked to Coach Coach Etchison there very fairly often, and I know that he's extremely high on his team this year. 
Um, they got a very high ceiling. Let's put it that way. Yes. Um, so anyways, we will uh, keep an eye on that tracking the field, our track and field state projections coming every Thursday on IdahoSports.com. So basically there's going to be something new for, you know, we're going to get the coaches polls up and going for, for softball and baseball. Basically you'll just want to go to IdahoSports.com every single day because we'll have all the scores, all the schedules. Just bookmark uh, it as your homepage problem solved. Yes. That's how it is on mine. It's the first place <laughs> I go every morning. So yeah, check it all out at idahosports.com. All right, uh, Skags, stay warm up there. Enjoy that big blazing ball of fire in the in the sky. Still out there? Yeah, it's still it's kind of hanging out for a little while longer, at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, enjoy the weather and uh, thanks for tuning into the North Idaho Prepcast, everybody. We'll see you back here next week for Ryan Skags. I'm Brandon Bainey on idahosports.com. <laughs>